0: Hi, I'm Carrie Butler and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at keributlercoach.com slash Broadway Podcast.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats.
0: Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Once I played a penny who just couldn't stop the beat. And yes, with roller skates on her feet. And a girl who loved a oh, recently deceived. Welcome to Breaking Broadway. I recently announced the launch of my signature course, Breaking into Broadway, and I have a super special offer just for my podcast listeners. Check it out at com slash Podcast. I'm doing a series now about training to do eight shows a week and how do we do it? <laughs> And now I'm going to welcome our first guest, Aurore Jolie, a performer, certified elite trainer and holistic health coach. Aurore has also performed and toured all around the world with hit Broadway shows such as Chicago, the musical, as well as a large variety of musical artists. She is now the owner of Move Art Studio, a private Pilates gyrotonic and holistic wellness studio in New Jersey. And we met. Because she is helping to heal me from injuries at Beetlejuice. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. Thank you so much. It's an honor Uh to be here with you. Well, you have such an interesting story. And so I wanted to know um, your journey to coming to America, if you haven't been able to tell already, or is from France.
2: I am from France, uh, originally from Burgundy, born and raised in Burgundy, and then made my way out to Paris, super young when I was 11, uh, to become a professional ballerina. So it's
0: been a long career. What was that like moving out of your home at 11? It was very intense. My daughter's 11. I can't
2: imagine her leaving me. (laughs) I know. Like for my parents, I think my—I mean, everyone around my parents, like everyone, thought they were crazy. And uh, I have two big sisters who are thirteen and fourteen years older than me. Uh, so I'm like the baby who had like all the love and all the sh- the care and uh, and yeah. So um, so my parents, everyone, were like, "You guys are crazy." <laughs> but I said, "I want to dance, and this is what I want to do." So I think my passion was so strong then my mom was like okay let's try it when did you start dancing i start i started ballet first time i was four years old all i wanted was a tutu <laughs> and then uh, the studio closed we just talked about it with my mom and uh, i started again when i was six years old and then from six years old until now and yeah it's been many years and uh, i have not stopped dancing even through different journeys and seasons of my life and injuries, uh, diseases. Uh, but dance is, is my home. That's where being like at a bar, moving my body, it's home. Uh, that's where I feel happy and connected and uh, alive. That's really what it is. You know, it's, it's part of my life. I think I know uh, like just, yeah, dancing is, it's more intuitive for me than walking, mm. especially running. I'm not a runner at all, mm. so yeah.
0: so it's home. Dance is home, yeah. so you moved to Paris at eleven. We're dancing, yes in in professional companies? Yes, so
2: I entered a big ballet school there and then uh, started touring because it was um it was a children' ballet company, mm. uh, so right away we were in putting these big rolls and uh, these big costumes and touring and buses. And we all had like, we looked like Madeline, ah! you know, we all had little berries. Yes! <laughs> That's like little berries with the little buns. And you see all these little oh. girls like walking. like. still yeah, really. my mom still has the berries. <laughs> I didn't want to wear it anymore. And then I'm like, I do love berries. So now I do wear berries all the time. I'm very French so way.
0: I didn't even know what you were talking about first. Cause we call them berets. That's what I'm, 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 I was like, wait, what? Is it a bear? Beret.
2: The little so where, Yeah,
0: obviously, we are the wrong ones? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like this, you know, there's certain words
0: that I can. Like, I'm like, it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then what happened um, after, yeah. after that?
2: So after that, so I did two years in that big school. And then I transferred to another school in the south of France, company also as well, owned by uh, the wonderful ballerina, Rosilla Idower an American ballerina who used to dance for the Marquis de Cuevas Dance Company. Very old company in Europe. Beautiful dancer. I mean, Minjinsky danced there. Mm. Like it's, yeah, it's that. So Rosella Idleworth, wonderful mentor for me. She spotted me at an audition and uh, was like, you need to come to my school. You have what it takes to keep going. So let's go. And she became my teacher and she asked me to join her school. But I was 13 years old. So, wow. So, I was closer to my family when I was like 11, 12 years old because I was, you know, in Paris and my family lived like an hour and a half away. So, train rides were easy. And then I went to the south of France when it's a 10 hour like car r- drive, you know. So, I was seeing my parents like every four months, every five months. Wow. Uh, so, you're really on your own you're an intern. You have to be, try to be good at school. You have, they ask a lot of you, Uh, you have dance in the morning. Pardon me. We have school in the morning and then we have dance in the afternoon. And then in the evening you had rehearsals for shows and you had to do your homework and you had to, you know, do your laundry because you don't have any parents to do that. Mm. You have to be an adult. Mm. So I became an adult like really young. And in the world of ballet too, truth be told, yeah, it's when you leave your home so young at 11, the world is rough. The world is rough for a young little girl, a young 11-year-old girl. You're easily a prey for adults around. Mm. Uh there's a lot of abuse. Mm. But through that, I still can't understand why sometimes I didn't go back home mm. from the abuse and the hurt around surrounding it. And, uh, and you don't especially tell your parents uh, anything. Sometimes it's dance teachers who see something, the good ones, and who are going to, you know, reach out to your parents uh, to be like, yeah, there's something going mm. on. It's hard. It's very lonely, very lonely. You're already very competitive. I was not really that kid. I've never been like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not very competitive. I just love art Mm -hmm. and I love dancing and I loved already singing and acting. Uh, I started acting also really young during that time, during some touring with some uh, theater companies. So that's what I wanted to do. And uh, even if life was hard, that was my art, was my safe place where I felt heard, I felt safe, I felt love, I felt I could express myself. I felt that nothing was hurting anymore. Uh, and I can feel that nowadays, like being older with a body, sometimes who hurts mm-hmm. a lot as a dancer. But as soon as I put these shoes on and I start moving, everything is gone. Mm. Everything is gone. Just the curtain opens up and then something else like embodies mm-hmm. you.
0: So it started really young. So then you went to school with her and then were you working in? Yes, I went to school with her. Were you working in P- France after that? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. I stayed two years after that. And then after I joined another big one, ballet company, uh, the ballet of Roland Petit. Roland Petit is, I'm sure everyone knows Leslie Caron. Mm-hmm. Leslie Caron is an American in Paris. So she was. A mentor also wow. for me, very young. So we met at a competition and Leslie said she's like, you need to go into Roland school because Roland Petit was a mentor for her as well. And so the, it's the school of Zizi Jean Maire and Roland Petit. So I I it was how old I was? I was fifteen years old when I joined the school. It was hard. It was hard, uh, but Roland was I mean, the chance that I had to meet Roland Petit uh, and to see Zizi jean Mayer, who was 70 years wow. old, and Pilates, like, I mean, we didn't have Pilates in France at mm-hmm. the time, um, so she started, uh, she was doing Pilates, and she was already, and she was 70 years wow. old, and we are seeing her on the machine, and we are this 15-year-old girls, you know, um, so incredible people, uh, they gave a lot to me, but yeah, I started singing more during that time. And Roland Petit was like, you need to sing. That's your thing. Mm. Uh, do you love musical theater? And in France, we didn't have musical theater. I mean, this didn't exist. Wow. Like, So for me, it was always like a dream of the U.S. and America and because of this excellence and also from my mentors. My mentors were Americans or were people who made it in the U.S. who had these very... Uh, eclectic career
0: and yeah that, uh, that's it. <laughs> so then how did you get to America? How did I get to America? Oh god. I know you were doing you did a lot of film in, in France and you did uh, you did Can Can, right? Yes I danced in the Folies Bergère. I was a soloist when I was twenty years old, uh when they reopened
2: the show at the Folies Bergère. Dancing my first job was in a little cabaret uh, in Paris. I did can I wear like crazy feathers <laughs> and uh, so that's how you start that's how you start because um I wanted to come to the U.S. but I don't come from a family who's wealthy it's difficult yeah. it's really difficult it's a dream and everyone around me especially at the time like it's early 2000s um so when I came here in the U.S. the first time it was after 9-11 it was like 2003, 2004. And so for me to be able to come to the U.S., I auditioned for the Alvin Ailey School. I auditioned for Juilliard. Passed all of them. But then I didn't realize that you had to pay for American school. <laughs> Which it's important <laughs> to say that, guys, in France, you do not have to
0: pay for
2: school wow
0: really you don't have to pay for school if you're wow. good you're getting into the
2: school i mean all my life as a dancer uh in these big schools i had a uh, scholarship <gasps> no way uh, i had a lot of helps yeah because my parents didn't have like ballet at the time too it's for the elite right. my parents like were always in debt trying to send me to school oh. buying my dance shoes mm. uh, so it was very, very tough for my family. And um, my sister also was in military, raised me and took care of me and sent me to those dance school and bought my ballet shoes mm-hmm. um, and my education. But compared to the US, when I remember seeing the prices of school, I didn't realize. And then it wasn't, internet wasn't that big at the time. So I was receiving everything through mail. And I have these big, like, you know, you had to send a picture with a arabesque. Mm-hmm. With an Alaska uh-huh. <laughs> uh, to the school. Yeah. So, extremely expensive. So, I was like, this is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to do that. So, how am I going to do this? And also, I didn't, I, yeah, at the time, didn't speak English oh at all. Oh my gosh, so, really? My loophole, not wow. at all. So, my loophole was uh, I saw an ad at the, this big dance studio in Paris, Studio Harmonic. Uh, where I was dancing a lot and it says uh, looking for an au pair in New York from a dancer family. So these amazing dancers were actually on Aida, the musical at the time. Yeah. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know some of them. So they're like, we need uh, the mom was French and the dad was American. So they're like, we want our daughter to speak French every day. Um, so that's how I made my way to the U S um, didn't speak English at all. I remember I was in the plane, the plane landed. No one came to pick me up at JFK. I had to, I had a paper with just the address in Brooklyn an address in Brooklyn, <laughs> and then it was, uh, my driver was Pakistani. So didn't speak English at all. So <gasps> We were both of us making like movement oh and gestures, <laughs> just me showing him. And I remember that drive from JFK to Brooklyn. It was like, I think I'll never forget that. Uh, just going through those neighborhoods and just what you imagine in your brain and then it becomes reality. Times Square. and Now we see it mm-hmm. every day. I see it all the time. And I'm like, ooh, great. And I remember the first time, first time seeing Broadway shows, first time. Um, so it was, it was definitely a journey. It was au pair for six months. Uh, and then... Met wonderful choreographers here who are like, what is your visa status? What is going mm. on? Uh, you are you have a lot of potential. Is this what you want to do? I say, this is what I want to do. So like, you got to go back to your friends and you got to find a way to come back with a visa. At the time, I mean, we we're very, we we're more naive that people are nowadays. Because we didn't have access to internet like the same way that we have now, you couldn't go on Google and be like, "How to get a right. visa to go to the United States?" No. So it's through like lawyers, it's through people who lived uh, the same journey, a similar journey, that I was able to uh, to come back. But it still took two years for me to come back. Uh, but in the meantime, I met my husband, so. And then I came back to LA. I didn't come back to New York because LA, I met some choreographer friends from LA, and they were like, come to LA and we'll help you out. And so I came to the US with a student visa too. Oh. And then auditioned for agencies because at the time you needed to have an agency, have sponsors. Sponsors was your agency. And then you had to book a show, a big show. And then. Uh, do your visa to be able to which was a fortune very difficult to get um you had to prove that the U.S. needed you mm, right that you were better than someone else it's uh it's a lot of fights so after that my time in the U.S. it was always always fighting always always also struggling and uh but not giving up not letting
0: go yeah. so you actually yes. got a good job through a zoom audition or a, an a on-camera audition for a musical which i feel like is is so rare right you got the good speed job yes through yes. a video right i did uh yes
2: audition video so um I saw Cabaret and I'm like, well, I've done Cabaret before. This is not <laughs> out of my mm-hmm. league. Uh, I'm Frenchy through and through. So I just sent, yeah, I went to Actors Equity, saw the audition and uh, just did a tape uh, and sent the audition and they uh, yes, asked, and I had got a call back and I had the chance to be able to go in person. So it was at the beginning of 2022, February, 2022. Uh, sent the audition in December and it was a big deal because after the pandemic, it was my first call back in person in a room with so many other dancers, but with the mask, Mm -hmm. we had our mask through the whole audition. Um, Just removed my mask when I had to sing and then put it Uh back on. And it was very, they did a really good job. So yeah. And then I booked the show and uh, it was a dream come true after all that time being away from the stage. And um, I hadn't danced on stage for that at least six wow. years because of uh, autoimmune disease. So I was on tour with Chicago and got really sick. So I had to, I thought I would never dance wow. again. Uh, I thought I would at some point never perform again. And um, so this show meant a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being back on the stage and on a beautiful stage like Goodspeed, telling a story like Cabaret was still sadly so relevant. Um, with wonderful diver- directors, James Vasquez, Lenny Sakakura as a choreographer. I mean, we did the original Mind Hair choreography on the chair.
0: It was incredible. Yeah. So very blessed and grateful. I, so I, that's, that brings me to our topic today, which is all about... Yeah taking care of ourselves and treating our bodies like athletes because we do get injuries all the time or you know it's just it's really hard doing yeah. the 8 shows a week and I'm at Aurora because um during Beetlejuice uh I got an injury when I I have to do this trick where I would fall through the floor one day I was going on with an understudy totally not the understudy's fault at all um but he was he wasn't properly taught how to fall through the floor. And so I kind of landed on his knees and it sort of like crunched my spine a little bit. And um, so I was going to acupuncture and it wasn't like a terrible injury. It was just like annoying more and just painful all the time, Um, which (laughs) doing a show eight times a week is, you know, I never talk about this because I never like to complain. And it's just the way it is. It's just doing eight shows a week. You're, you're pretty much always going to be in pain. Some, something is always going to be bothering you or your voice is going to be bad. So Mm. it's just, that just goes with the territory. But, um, so I tried the acupuncture. I did physical therapy. I was, I was getting things done like three times a week just so I could do all the shows and not miss shows. And um and they helped, but it wasn't it was it did get better with physical therapy. But then um I started doing Pilates for kind of the first time. I had done it before but never with the machine and I love the machine. So I started working with Aurora and she had you had kind of the same journey where these injuries and illnesses are what made you learn and get certified in all of this, right? Exactly, exactly. 100%. Um.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Just go to ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
2: With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support
3: you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
2: It's, it's very hard when you do eight shows a week or also aging through the yes. business. As Not even through the business because I have people from every walks of life. I had football players here. Uh, NFL players, I have Broadway actors, professional ballroom dancers, everyday Joe, people who have Parkinson, people who have MS. Uh, so we, everyone's from everyone's all, we're all always in pain. That's mm-hmm. life. We always yeah. have something. Yeah. And uh, injuries also, old injuries can create patterns. Right. And old injuries that were like, oh, I'm fine. I had this, like my foot like was you know, broke when I was 18 years old. You don't realize that through the years, your body is so smart. It just compensates. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, my, so that was my left foot. My right hip has been weird for. And so that's, I'm always trying to get all these informations from my clients because there's a reason why often we have an injury because of another injury or because we do eight shows a week for actors. Eight shows a week, and you do often the same leg, the same movement every day. Eight shows a week. It's repetition. Someone working on a on a machine, also as well, will have some issues and some injuries from that because it's repetition. And that's why people who are sitting in front of their computers all day where the neck like leaning forward and the low back, and like it's because they're seated all all day, which is also a form of being repetitive and doing all the time, the same thing. So we got to break the pattern and cross train and get stronger and realign the body. It takes time. It takes dedication and it takes a lot of understanding of how the mechanic work for your client, because you carry you're different than someone else. Uh, What works for you and also I work very holistically and very somatically in the way that the body, our bodies hold trauma. Mm. Our bodies hold all the traumas that we went through in our lives, all the pain, the grief, everything is lodged in our bodies. So if something acts up, so example, uh, the psoas is really the muscle of the soul. It's connected to a reptilian brain. It's our fight or flight muscle. Sometimes as
0: actor too, we're in a situation on stage where we, we are in a fight or a flight. Right. That's my, that's my thing. <laughs> my, you work with me on the soas all the time. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm saying that. Yes. Yeah. And doing
2: these big stunts every night, the body has to react. It has to be in a protective mode. So what we have to do is being able to release those muscles but also, what it's tight is often weak mm-hmm. as well. So, realigning and really assessing the whole body. We cannot work on only one part of state. I say, oh, my hip hurts. Well, chances are, if my left hip hurts, my right shoulder might be hurting at some point too. We have fascias, we have connective tissues, um, every, we're all, everything is connected as we all are connected in this on this earth. So we have to look at the body as a whole. As a whole. And that's why when my, my clients come into the room uh, for a session, we talk, I ask them how was their week. Uh, we share a lot of things, uh, a lot of very private conversations. Because once this, if their week was bad, or if they had a bad day, or if it was hard at a show, Everything comes out, and then we're ready to work. Mm. It was, it's all out in the universe, and now we're ready to heal the body.
0: And what is it about I the, really believe, the um, Pilates and the gyrotonic? Um, what is, how are they yeah. different than, say, other workouts, like running or, you know? They
2: are, yeah, it's very different. So you work on the whole body when you do. So I'm going to talk about Pilates first because it's different than gyrotonic. Pilates is more, uh, as we know, more of a linear work, but we all have our, of our style of teaching Pilates. Um, and Pilates, I mean, the way I teach it, I bring a lot of functional movement in it. And using, I use the machine in a different ways. There's so much to do with these mm-hmm. machines. Um, it's weight-bearing, which is wonderful. It's very lengthening. It's a way of lengthening your body and working in a way that you align your body. Just doing footwork on the reformer. If one hip is a little high and you know that, very, yeah. when I start putting you on the reformer, that's how I start to just align your body because one hip is pushing yeah. more. One, uh, So really working on details. Pilates is, works the whole body and makes you strong all over, especially your core. Um, You've seen the Da Vinci, you know, with the arms expended and that uh, beautiful painting from Da Vinci. So imagine everything comes from the core. If your core are not strong, it's the roots of your body. So Pilates really focuses on the powerhouse and on the core. But glutes are core, and the thighs are core, lats are core. You need a strong trunk to be able to especially do eight shows a week, but to also... Have a long life, so I have very young people, kids, doing Pilates.
0: I also have people who are like in their nineties doing Pilates. Yeah, I I love uh, it in a different way. I love it so much. Um, when I leave, you know, when I leave, I feel like every part mm-hmm. of my body feels alive. It's like I feel everything, and so a lot of times when I work, well, I guess sometimes people work out and they're like, oh, I feel a high. I don't ever feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. finally, I got through it at least. But I mm-hmm. leave you kind of mm-hmm. feeling a high. And I do feel like you really, um, I'll, I'll, I would have to go for massages a lot. I feel so much better not getting a massage and getting str- the stretch that I get from you and the Pilates. It's so much better than just getting a massage or just laying down and getting the acupuncture, which does help and relaxes me. But yeah. Also, just I think what you're doing, how you're you are strengthening me in the places that I'm weak, and which is what is causing the injuries. Yes. And
2: sometimes we, and as a dancer, I've done that for years. We overstretch, um, I overstretch for years oh. as a ballerina too, you know. And actually more and more we're seeing that overstretching is not a good thing. You have to do some active stretches, which we do a lot, actually, for you in Pilates. Pilates is mainly active stretches, so your body reacts better. Mm -hmm. And strengthening the muscles, stretching, stretching the fibers, stretching, it's actually not going to make you strong. Strengthening the muscles will also, in a long way, will also make you more flexible at the end. So it goes hand in hand and
0: gyrotonic yeah, i'm not ready to gyrotonics do the gyrotonics is, it's yet ordinary. right you said i'm not, not strong yet. enough not
2: yet not yet not <laughs> yet you're not strong enough you're not i can't enough. handle the gyrotonic i can't handle the gyrotonic yet so you can handle the pilates which is which is a lot gyro is why is why you can't handle it right now it's because it's circular movement so and especially with your injury um There's a lot of movement. We need to make your core stronger right now, and then I'll put you on a gyro. And yeah, gyro is circular. It's like to imagine, because they have this fancy way to talk about it. I'm gonna say it's like dancing, swimming, Tai Chi, yoga, all of that on crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's extraordinary. It's um. I mean, I had that. I went. I. I found Pilates and gyro tonic because of a hip injury from cancan, nice. uh, arthritis and labral tear. So Pilates made my hip really strong, really solid, and very stable, very strong pelvic floor, a very stable pelvic floor. And then with gyro, I got the range of motion. It's really 3D. You have range of motion that you wouldn't be able to, to do with Pilates or any other um any other form of exercises. Gyrotonic really works on the fascia, works on the, it's a somatic work on the breast, on decompressing the spine, decompressing the joint creates space. So it's beautiful for everyone and also for dancers. We use it, we do gyrotonic for dancer When we use the pulley on the feet, you can do a whole bar like that. And dancers, we feel, oh, my leg is heavy. I can't lift it. With assistance, you can recruit the right muscles. Uh, and Gyrotonic gives you that ability. It's really these these machines and these methods because you can do Pilates on the mat. You can do Gyrokinistis, which is just the stool. Which I did when I was at good speed. I didn't have my machines, so I had my stool, I had my mat, uh, and I did Gyrotonic every morning before rehearsal, every day before the show, and some very specific functional movement. Because when we perform, we have to have a routine that is specific to you with some exercises who are not dancing to be able to strengthen and wake up the muscles that you're going to need to recruit
0: during your show during a two hour show or two hour and a half show, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being a dancer for but for as long as you have, and anybody in general, I mean, like my injuries are you know from being on a rigged stage or little things, but mm-hmm. but you've had real injuries, and you injured yourself doing that good speed show too, right? Yes, I did, and so you started the Pilates with the other injury because you weren't being, you weren't healed. Is that right? And so then you had to find out on your own. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So I started, uh, and also can we stay a dancer? We're broke. Mm-hmm. We don't have the money. So, you know, when I have, when I worked with uh, a big NFL player, I was telling him, I'm like, he's like you dancer or something else. I have, after working together, he's like, I'm founding such a re- a huge respect for dancers and the way you know your body, how athletic you guys are. And sometimes, yeah, people forget we are athletes, Mm -hmm. but we don't have access to the care. And that's something that's very um, near and dear to my heart. We do not have access to the care that these champions have. Of course, because we're in an industry, even if you're in a dance company or a Broadway show, Now, even in a Broadway show, it's rare to, or on a tour, we do, we do not have, um, PTs with us anymore often. I mean, when you're in a Broadway show, it's it's
0: easier because I guess you have a steady income. Yeah. We, we have had, we have had physical therapy on all my Broadway shows. That's amazing. Yeah. But it's still not enough. I don't think, I mean, it's like you get a little 20 minutes slot. So for, I mean, I was lucky because I could afford other things. So I was able to get the 20-minute slot and do y- you and do yes. physical therapy, things like that. Yeah. But yeah, other people, that, that would be really um, expensive. I mean, as a young dancer, I didn't,
2: you know, when you're training and you're just auditioning and I see all my friends who are in their 20s, they cannot afford mm-hmm. that. So I started Pilates because, because of my hips. So before I was able to do some mat pilates, I after Kenken, I um, I was diagnosed with arthritis of the hip joints. So very young, 28 years old is too young to have arthritis. With a labral tear, well, we didn't want me to get surgery. I did the traditional physical therapy, got injections in my hip. It was not getting better. So one of my doctor, actually, who was a great sport doctor, told me, listen, Nora, I think your best option, you need to do Pilates. And so I didn't have Mm. the money, especially to do Pilates all the time, and especially on the reformers. So I met some mentors and I'm like, I think I want to get certified in Pilates so I'll be able to do my own thing. And that's what I did. And I did that. In the same time that I was on tour with Chicago, we had a, you know, layup for like three months and then I jumped into half of the training and then a year later jumped into uh, half of the rest of the training. And, uh, and so Pilates saved my hip. Pilates saved my career mm. for 10 more years. And still wow. now, every time that I'm injured, it still, it brings me back. Uh when I'm in pain or the injury, that I sustain at good speed. Uh, the first thing I do is I go back on the reformer and I start with the footwork mm-hmm. and uh, I see where I'm at and you have the chair in Pilates, you have the Cadillac machines. I mean, there's so much and there's, this is a temple. These machines are, I mean, I can't say enough about those methods because they really, have saved my body and saved my career. And then Gyrotonic came after that uh, through Mm -hmm. one of my colleagues who was a master teacher in Gyrotonic when I was working in a big Pilates studio in LA. And she told me, she's like, you need to do it. This is going to change your life. My psoas were always very tight. My head flexors. Mm. Uh, I had this really painful autoimmune disease where my joints were Very painful, always inflamed, and my muscles were always icky. And uh, Pilates sometimes felt too hard when I was in that state of inflammation. And the gyro Hmm. brought something else. In my worst moment in pain with my autoimmune disease, I was also going on the gyro, doing just a little bit. And it's just this feeling, it just opens your body in such a way make it more flexible, make it more gooey. I do gyro before I take a dance class, before I go do a dance audition because, oh. because it helps. It opens up everything and it c- helps me connect. Fire also the right muscles. And these methods are like, without these methods, I believe in them so much. And I think that is something that you never stop doing. I know in my 80s, if I'm still here, yeah, I will... My practice, of course, will be different. You can use these methods when you're 15 years old, when you're a 20-year-old dancer or ballet star, or and when you're older, when you're 80 years old or yeah. 95 years old. Then, just to move the body, move the spine. and My cli- clients, they always leave live the studio like feeling energized. Yeah, and better and more Mm -hmm. aware of their body with more of an understanding of how their body function and often you come to and you're like yes now i'm like feeling this and and i get it i understand and Mm -hmm. so it's all i can ask just to be able to to bring to people uh, a better way of life and Healthy, build healthy habits. This should be a part of a lot of actors, dancers, everyday Joes. Like, I'm like, do Pilates, do gyrotonic, do also any kind of movement, just move. If you do not like Pilates or gyrotonic, then move, do something, but do something with someone who knows the body and understands what you're doing and what you need. Mm -hmm, Videos at home are great. You know, it was Mm -hmm. great during the pandemic. But there's nothing like having someone
0: correct you. No, for sure. Because I if I was doing this on my own, like, I would be doing it completely wrong. You narrow in and like, no, this is the muscle you need to activate. I'm like, oh wait, what? <laughs> that muscle, mm-hmm. that muscle is not doing anything. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing all this information with us and sharing your journey. How can people find you? First, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. It's always a pleasure.
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram, so you can find me at MoveArt Studio. You can find me online uh, as an artist through my, uh, my Instagram, Cleophas Eve, and my website, or at jolly.art. Uh, and the studio it's in West Orange, New Jersey. So if you're a Broadway actor who lives in New Jersey,
0: Come on over. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll be back with Breaking Broadway right after this message. Welcome back to Breaking Broadway. And now we're going to talk to my friend, Dana Steingold. Dana, you and I were in a little bit of a competition of who missed... (laughs) The least amount of shows at Beetlejuice. I feel like maybe you won in the end because I did take another vacation and you never took another vacation. But we're done. We we didn't do it. <laughs> we didn't do the, the competition. The competition's over. Yeah, the competition's over. But uh I just want to know how you take care of yourself doing an HO week because you also like really got through. You also were playing like Lydia, you were and constantly switching back and forth. So it's a it's
3: it's a grind. It for sure is a grind. I think, you know, sometimes you're going to get sick and you can't avoid it, but I will say for me, the biggest thing is sleep, um, and staying on a schedule, which seems crazy, but I get up in the morning and I work out. So, um, that enables me to sort of make it through the week because I find that if I lay around all day and then just try to like bang out the show, my body is going to fall apart. Um, Mm -hmm. and so is my immunity to be honest. So, uh, basically I'm in bed within 45 minutes of getting home. <laughs>
0: me too. Which is me like too.
3: Such an old lady thing. But yeah, I'm sure like for me, my voice, it's literally just water and sleep. There's no trick to it, I would say. And then um I do like a regular workout, like five days a week, just to keep my body moving. What's your favorite workout? For me, it's soul cycle. I love a spin class. Mm-hmm. Um, I love cardio. Uh and I find that we also climb a lot of stairs during the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah we did. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to know in the end what our numbers were. I oh, <laughs> whether you I beat did. me. <laughs> I did. Well, when when Carrie oh, won, because I did was get like, sick.
0: I had to go to the hospital too, so I got sick, and I right. I, so
3: that's a good example. Like you couldn't have prevented. You that. were
0: you came in second at first. For not missing shows, so I think I came. In I think second. you may be the champion. I may have to it's- hand over my prize to you. <laughs> oh my
3: god! Well, I will say we were joking in the office. I said to Matt Burr, "I said when Carrie Butler goes on that vacation, I win, and I'm going to take that trophy right out of her dressing." room. <laughs> <laughs> take it from but our cold dead hands. <laughs> our cold dead hands. I know. I think in the end, I will say I know I've only called out once. Um, and it was at the Winter Garden. I had, I missed one show from calling out, but I believe in taking your vacations because I think vacations keep you in the show. You need that week. Your body needs that week and your you won't believe how tired week. you are. Yeah. Yes. Mentally. Your mind, your heart. It's like a, it's more of an emotional thing than anything else. So I took my vacation at the Winter Garden and my vacation at the Marquee, And then I was out for COVID. Right. And we had a big debate, Matt Burr, one of our stage managers, if we should count COVID. And I yeah. said- I don't think we should, unless we keep the days everybody missed the same. Because depending yeah. on when you test positive, right. I had to miss 13 shows, but someone else only had to miss nine. I would have performed with COVID. It's 100%. Like, I was fine. <laughs> Literally by day five, I was like, I could do the play, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they made me stay out, so. me too, okay. which is the rule. Um, so yeah, I think in the end, I missed the 13 days for COVID and my one sick day.
0: Congratulations! I will be bringing the trophy over to you.
3: <laughs> Do you want my address? I'll you can mail it. <laughs> Thank you, Dana Steingold. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode with Dana Steingold on side hustles. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like me to come to your school or theater group and give a masterclass or a talk back, please reach out at carriebutlercoach.com. If you like this podcast and want more episodes, please go to bpn.fm Breaking Broadway and subscribe, like, or share. Together, you and I are breaking broad.